Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome everybody. This is David Hogan coming to you from a little town outside of Birmingham, Alabama, known as Moody, Alabama, and I am the recovering carbohydrate addict. Tonight's show is low-carb books, docs, and resources, and we hope to get a few call-in people to share their resources. Let me go ahead. I'm going to say this many times. Let me give you the call-in phone number and how this works. The call-in number is area code 563-999-3460. That is 563-999-3460. When you call in, You'll hear a nice, recorded, automated English lady that will welcome you to the show, and you can listen while you're waiting if you want to ask a question or share some of your resources. Uh, You don't have to, but if you will hit one once you dial in and are into the show, uh, on my little studio switchboard, it puts a little hand behind your uh, besides your telephone number, and I know you want to ask a question or share a thought or some of that nature. I don't expect a lot of people to call in. I didn't do a lot of advertising for this. It's the first show I've done under the heading of the Recovering Carbohydrate Addict, but I'm going to do more. I'm not going to do a lot of them, maybe once a week. Every now and then we may have something special. I may get a guest speaker from time to time. Um, We'll get right into the show in a second. I've used this format, Blog Talk Radio, for literally um, almost two decades. I used it back with my old newspapers. I used to have interviews with governors, state senators, representative, local council members, mostly politics. I also did it... um, for a magazine that I had called Cycling Talk, and we had um, cycling professionals and things of that nature. Uh, it's a good, solid format. Um, it allows us to be on iPod podcast. Uh, the nice thing about it is the link we give out to listen to the show or to call in also serves as the archive link as well, meaning that within a minute or two of the show ending, um, you'll be able to hear the whole show. Uh, I can schedule with my premium subscription to Blog Talk up to two hours. I very seldom do that. Uh, It's going to take time to catch hold uh, before I put out a few and people see that we've got no ulterior motives here. I'm retired. Uh, My wife's a couple years from retirement. Um, I'm by no means wealthy, but I'm not trying to be a low-carb coach. I've got nothing against anybody that wants to do that or make a living at that or pick up a few extra bucks. I think they help a lot of people. I wish I'd have had a low-carb uh, coach back in the year 2000 when I was diagnosed and 
Let that not deceive you. In the year 2000, I was 40 years old, and trust me, I'd had the signs of a diabetic for years, probably suffered for hyperinsulinemia. I'm betting you all the way back to when I was in the Air Force. And before we move on with the docs resources, um, speaking of Air Force, I do want to wish any of veterans listening a happy Veterans Day tomorrow. Remember, Veterans Day are for those of us that served our country. Uh, Memorial Day is those of us that died in service to our country, and Armed Services Day is for those that are currently actively serving with the armed forces. Um, Many of us are veterans. I did a six-year stint back in the 80s before my wife and I decided to have another child and move on. I uh, also did a little bit of time in the Garden Reserve. Um, I thank all veterans, no matter if you pulled just one, two stints, or made a lifelong career out of it. Thank you for your service to all my brothers and sisters at arms. So happy Veterans Day. Now let's also remember that November is Diabetes Awareness Month. And that's part of the reason that I'm trying to give back. Um, I'll continue what I started to say. I don't begrudge online docs or YouTubers or Twitter folks that make money with low-carb because there just hasn't been any alternatives for literally decades. Uh, We as diabetics and those of us with uh, metabolic syndrome, insulin resistant, hyperinsulinemia, all the smorgasbord of things that are affected by carbohydrates, have really not had many alternatives over the years. I know when I was diagnosed, um, and I could, in fact, I may one day, I may write a book, and um, but it certainly won't be trying to get rich. Uh, It would be more to keep people from going through the things I went through, and I know a lot of other diabetics that feel the same way. So this is my way of giving back. I'm not going to run ads on this. Uh, I'm not seeking, quote, sponsorship. Um, I enjoy my little property by the lake and my granddaughters and my children and my wife and um, trying to kick butt with diabetes. So now that we've got that out of the way, let's move on to Low Carbs Books. Docs and resources. Remember, if you want to call in, and you are most welcome to, um, I know some people feel nervous about doing that. Trust me, it's not hard. Call area code 563-999-3460. That's area code 563-999-3460. That'll get you on the switchboard. I'll see you, and I'll bring you live. Okay, low-carb books, docs, and resources. Like many diabetics, you know, we all have a story of how we found out we were diabetic. Um, I, I ran a business and didn't go to the doctor for years, but I had all kind of signs 
uh, funny, I went today to get uh, my second fitting for a new set of dentures. Um, actually, my teeth was the very first sign that I was becoming diabetic and probably was already um, insulin resistant and metabolically challenged. Uh, your teeth tell a lot about your health. Now, I grew up being very meticulous about my teeth. My teeth were aligned perfectly. Um, I didn't have a lot of cavities. I flossed. I took care of them. And then in my 30s, I started losing teeth like crazy. I got gingivitis, gum disease, and uh, this went on for about four to five years. And, I, I mean, every time I'd turn around, I was having another tooth pulled. Uh, then I started getting partials put in, and I started getting really frustrated. My wife's a nurse. She would always get on me about going to the doctor and getting some lab work. And I just, you know, I had a company. I had employees. I was like, I don't have time for that. You know, and I should have made time for that. Uh, so I should have listened to my wife like a lot of us should. Um, finally, it was my dentist who looked at me and she said, David, have you checked to see if you're a diabetic? This just isn't normal. No, Carol, I hadn't. And it was actually my dentist that got me thinking about it, but then it was actually not being able to get out of bed with a blood glucose of a little over 700 and my sons and wife having to get me to an ER in the year 2000 that confirmed it. So that's a resource. Think what your teeth are telling you. Um, other parts of your body, you know, they'll tell you, make sure you get regular eye exams. They will also tell you things about your health. Uh, they can find signs of diabetes in an eye exam. So that's another resource you need to tap into. And I can't emphasize enough, especially young people that are busy and got better things to do, get yearly lab work. You know, even if you don't have insurance, you can Google my lab work and things like that and find out low-cost ways to get lab work done um, through local labs in your town. We, we have come a long way from when I was diagnosed, and I got sent to a diabetes education class, and I had read one book at that time while waiting on this by Dr. Bernstein, and he's got a newer book out, and he's, oh, the man's getting old. He is a type 1 diabetic, and he has always managed his diabetes, and he was practicing low-carb back before any of these online gurus and everybody was. So a lot of credit to Dr. Bernstein. Uh, look him up. He has definitely got books you need to read. Uh, and he made a lifelong commitment to this uh, in his practice. Uh, a brilliant man. Uh, and he's a type 1. And do your, I, I'm talking tonight to mostly type 2 diabetics. Um, 
we'll have a whole other show about the difference between type 1, type 2, type 1.5, gestational diabetes, uh, even a new one that's under some controversy they're calling type 3, which they're trying to associate with uh, dementia and Alzheimer and diseases of that sort. So uh, do your research studying on the types of diabetes, the most common among those of us middle-aged and getting younger. You know, when I was growing up, I, I was born in the 60s, the early part of the 60s. I am 62 years old now. Um, it, it was unheard of for a teenager or a young person to have type 2 diabetes. Now, we knew some that were a type 1 diabetic, which is an autoimmune disease. There was, you know, nothing they could do about it. Um, and that's a whole other conversation in itself. But this just was unheard of. So now you hear about this all the time. You actually hear of 12-year-olds that are type 2 diabetics. And you also hear about 12-year-olds that uh, do some things that help them reverse that quickly. And thank goodness, because that way things um, get better before they ever get worse. That's the thing that you've got to really be careful of is the longer this goes on, the worse damage it does to your body and it does it slowly. Now I have a website called the titansofnutrition.com and it's spelled just like that. Titans, T-I-T-A-N-S of O-F, nutrition, N-U-T-R-I, T-I-O-N.com. When you get to the site, you'll see in the menu it's got a list of titans. Now, these, nobody paid me to be put on this. Some of these people that are on my list might not even want to be on there. Um, but these are people that made a big impact in my life on my long journey in diabetes, ups and downs that included everything from insulin pumps to emergency surgeries in the middle of the night with necrotizing fasciitis. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that it's flesh-eating bacteria because uh, diabetics are often, their wounds are slow to heal. And I had a 20-penny rusty nail uh, go through me that required three emergency surgeries over the course of a week at a major university hospital where when they told my wife, the nurse, what I had, her jaw dropped. I'd never heard of it. So I've had my share of problems uh, with diabetes, superglottitis, osteoarthritis, cataracts, one cataract with a total zonular failure, being blind for a month. Uh, I could go on and on and on and on. So um, I, I always knew something was wrong. Um, the very first resource I ever read was Gary Taubes. That's T-A-U-B-E-S. Now, Gary, to me, is if I had to pick a king of my list of titans, it would indeed be Gary Tobbs. Um, first saw him on a Dr. Oz show, and he was talking with Dr. Oz about the 
effect of low carb and how we had vilified fat. And he had written a New York Times article back in the turn around 2000, uh, what if we got it all wrong about fat? Now, that's not the exact title. You can look it up. Uh, but I am a big, big follower of Gary Tobbs. He is courageous. Uh, he stood against people with his meticulous studying and resources and scientific journalistic background, and he would not... Um, he just would not be bullied by them. Um, I, I remember at one point, and, and to Dr. Oz's credit for even having him on the show, Dr. Oz tried to get him, well, would you at least agree on something? And Gary just very quickly said, no. Well, why? Because you're just wrong. And uh, Gary Tobbs is courageous. I think the very first book I read from him was why we get fat, and what to do about it. And a brilliant book. Now, not only does it go into the details of the science, it goes into the history, as all his books do, about the the sugar industry, the United States Department of Agriculture, um, the McGovern trials, Ansel Keys, uh, people long before Ansel Keys, that were experts in the field of endocrinology and diabetes even before they invented insulin and how low-carb diets were really the only thing that worked and backed up with science and then we just got off the rails and he goes into how we got off the rails uh some of the other books that i read after that were good calories bad calories the case against sugar and the case for keto uh, Gary Tobbs is just a pioneer. He should be on everyone's reading list. Uh, he writes well, too, and he's not a jerk. Um, if he's got something to say and he can't back it up, he'll say this is purely hypothetical. Um, he shows both sides of things. He gives credit where credit is due. So I certainly think Gary Tobbs is a resource um, you should look into. Now, the next person I'm going to uh, mention, I'm going to botch up her name, but she took, she did a great addition to some of Gary Tobb's work, and that's Nina Teicholtz. I, I always mess up how to pronounce her name, but her last name is T-E-I-C-H-O-L-Z. And her book, the one that I read, is The Big Fat Surprise, and it is simply wonderful. Um, it is it, it picks up. She's good friends with Gary Tobbs. She thinks the world of him. She mentions him in her book. She goes into the science. Uh, she goes into the history and even dives a little deeper in many things. So she is someone that I strongly recommend um, you read, and then I'm going to jump to my next person that I think uh, is very worthy and a great resource for diabetics, people overweight, uh, people with um, any kind of metabolical disease, kidney problems. He's actually a nephrologist. Is Dr. Jason Fung, 
and he's written a lot of books, uh, the obesity code, the diabetes code. He's pretty well known for being an expert on intermittent fasting. So uh, he does podcasts, he does uh, YouTube, he does some Twitter, um, great books. Uh, he helped me tremendously with intermittent fasting. And he also helped me when I was... I finally got to my low-carb journey and things started getting better, helping me realize that I had been sick for a long time, a long time, decades, probably my whole life, all the way back to being fed poisony, sugary cereal growing up in the 60s with the blessing of our government. Um, So, you know, he helped me with intermittent fasting and to understand when I stalled, why my blood sugars initially came down, and then they kind of climbed back up, and he helped me understand the Dawn phenomena about uh, glycogen, the liver dumping things as I transitioned and got well. And he was right. There came a point I just pressed on. I just kept going. I kept eating low-carb. I kept moving. I kept feeling better, even though my sugars were really ticking me off, but I was coming off insulin and doing that with the blessing of my endocrinologist, but he helped me understand what was going on and that I just needed to be patient. This was not going to be a fast food cure. A lot of fast food might have got me where I was, especially fast food sugary things like donuts and cookies and such, but... When you've been sick a long time, sometimes it takes a while to get better. So uh, Dr. Jason Fung is somebody I strongly recommend. And next I'll move to Benjamin Bickman, Ph.D. He wrote the book, Why We Get Sick. He is a brilliant cell biologist, one of the world's leading experts on insulin Um, He helped me understand a lot about, um, I've been stage one chronic kidney disease for years, but it's never gone beyond that, and now it's getting better. He helped me understand not to fear protein um, and that sugar and excessive carbohydrates, that's what his book, I mean, he absolutely can trace back with scientific studies in his lab, which point a big finger at sugar, and rightly so. So I strongly encourage you to get Benjamin Bickman's book, Why We Get Sick. And he does a now once a month uh, Facebook Live Q&A session, and I believe that group is Get uh, H-L-T-H, health, but it's H-L-T-H. Um, and he also, he makes a supplement powder that is, I, I wouldn't give you anything for a bunch of these protein powders. Um, and I know some people, especially gymnasts, swear by them. I'm a very athletic person. I was in special forces, uh, played football my whole life, always made all-stars, highly recognized, recruited, but went in the Air Force. So I've always been active and physical. Um, But yet, once I got out of the Air Force 10 years later, when I had a 
sit-down desk job, I went from 189 pounds up to 380 pounds. I pretty much don't think I could have weighed any more than that. And then in classic diabetes style, I started drinking water, urinating all the time, dropped a lot of weight, um, hung from 380 to around 270 for over a decade. Um, And that was because in 2010 I was put on insulin. I was actually down to 210 pounds uh, when I had the necrotizing fasciitis and my sugars were out of whack. Uh, Got put on insulin. Within a year I had gained 65 pounds and I hung there for a decade until I started low carb. I started reading all these books and I knew what I had to do. Unfortunately, like many people, life got in the way. Um, my wife's father developed Alzheimer. Um, I shut down a business to take care of him until we got him into an Alzheimer unit. Um, started my business back up after that. Then my wife's grandparents uh, had the similar conditions and then my mother had terminal cancer and my father had Alzheimer and we took care of them Uh, I did 24-7 in my home shut down my business to do so and it was all I could do to just like many diabetics uh, rely on uh, insulin carb formula because I never knew when I was going to get to eat Uh, you've got somebody with Alzheimer bedridden you're up and down, in and out of a chair. If you've never been there doing it 24-7, I, I can't even possibly relate to you what it's like. But at any rate, life got in the way. Uh, once my father passed in 2017, um, a year went by. We had were just about ready to get back with life and then my wife got a call that the Alzheimer unit her father was in was shut down and going out of business and please come get your father so we started this all over again and in up took him in 2019 he passed away with COVID at the end of 2020 and that point I'm 60 years old and it's like okay it's time to get serious and let's put some of all this I read to work and that's what started my low carb journey I told you I hung around 270 and you couldn't tell it I had a big chest I'm a big guy um but it was a strain to move. It was a strain to play with my grandkids. It was a strain to bend over. Um, I don't weigh all the time. I got on a scale just the other day because my pants were about to fall off, and I was 218 pounds. So I'm within 20 pounds of when my wife and I got married, and I've known my wife for 45 years. So... Um, what's amazing about this journey for me was finally actually going keto. I'm keto vor, my wife's keto. Um, was, yeah, sure, I went through a transition because carbs are addictive, sugar's addictive, but I use these resources 
to help me fight those addictions, and it was not very long till I just quit craving that crap. Um, now, that's not to say I didn't stall and get frustrated. I even almost hung it up. Like I told you, even Dr. Fung helped me to understand the blood sugars because initially I jumped out there, lost a lot of weight, got off blood pressure medicine, um, my sugars came way down, and then I immediately, with the blessing of my endocrinologist, we were doing this on a trial basis, um, I was taking, before I started all this, both long-acting insulin and insulin for meal times. So I was taking a grand total of almost 150 units of insulin a day between the long-acting and the short-acting. And I came off of it too fast. And with all that success, and got very frustrated, but, you know, slowly added back in the long-acting and persisted. And now I'm going to mention another person that helped me to try that because when you live in a big town with a big university hospital, uh, yeah, I was fortunate to have an endocrinologist, but you don't get to see them often. Insurance, I mean, if I got to see my endocrinologist once every six months, you know, hey, I felt that was a blessing. So, uh, But then I actually started listening to Dr. Ken Berry, and I read his book, uh, Lies My Doctor Told Me. Great book, started following his YouTube channel, um, got in one of his live sessions. He helped me to understand that, like Dr. Fung, that, you know, this was going to take time and that getting the carbohydrates out of my life, um, I was on the right track. Um, Now, you know, Dr. Berry has become like an overnight wonder. Uh, He helps an enormous amount of people, but online docs, even if you get into their uh, paid support communities, and I am not knocking in, I'm not telling you not to go in. I'm in Dr. Berry's and happy to support him and still check in and get a lot of good information from him. But, you know, many of these online doctors have made it a quest to try to reach as many people as they can. And Dr. Berry does a great job at spreading out his knowledge and information. But you just can't go in there thinking you're going to get a one-on-one five-hour session with an online doctor that is trying to reach literally thousands upon thousands of people. Listen to the other questions that people ask them, because you can almost bet somebody's going to ask the question that you want to ask. I found that with Dr. Berry many, many times. So, you know, I give all praise and kudos to Dr. Berry. You just got to be a realistic about your interaction with him. He does have uh, support levels where you can get more uh, live one-on-ones and hear the questions, and him and his wife, Nisha, are just fantastic. Um, So that's another online resource. And you know what? We need alternatives to these standards of care that like when I was diagnosed, didn't mention nutrition to me at all. 
Um, the diabetes education class I got in the year 2000 actually told me just to keep my carbs at every meal to around 45 carbs for three meals a day and for two snacks a day, that's over 200 carbs a day for a condition that is absolutely impacted by carbohydrates. I never got well, but I always had an A1C around 7, 7.5, and they would just go, you're doing great. And I wasn't doing great. I got necrotizing fasciitis. I had surgeries. I got osteoarthritis. I had supraglottitis. I had a total zonular failure. Look that puppy up for cataracts. You'll find that interesting. And things were not going great. I was getting sicker and sicker. But I had an A1C of 7. That's not good enough. I don't want an A1C of 7. I want an A1C below 5.8. And I'm there. So, you know, you got to keep on tapping into the resources. Don't be surprised if you're going to get a little confused, a little overwhelmed. But press on. Knowledge is power. I made a commitment to this. I call myself the recovering carbohydrate addict because to me it was an addiction. To me, it was it, to me. I had to treat this the way I treated quitting smoking way back in 2010. Um, I knew I simply could not do it anymore. So you know when you when you go through things and your life's on the line, you don't want to orphan your wife or your kids or your grandkids, that can be motivating. Even baby steps help. Now, one of the things you got to be careful getting in these resources is you're going to meet a lot of people that go, they take the hardcore approach. Even the ones that will welcome you to transition into a low-carb lifestyle for your health, very often will start you there and then beat up on you about going all carnivore, per se. And I'm not knocking carnivore. Carnivore does me more good than ketovore, but that's just me. We're all different. Um, So I'm just warning you, that like anything, people take different degrees of how they feel about it. You know, some people will say uh, you can't moderate something that made you sick, and there's a lot of wisdom to that. And you will gain wisdom as you go through these resources and learn things. And back to what I originally said about um, I don't knock coaches. I wish I'd have had a coach. Um, but I'm telling you, find a good coach. Find a coach that is an MD. Find a coach that has a solid background. Now, some people are going to say that was an unfair statement for me to say find a coach that's an MD, and it probably was. There are people that went through diabetes, reverse diabetes, that are not MDs, they're not registered dietitians. I'll talk about them in just a second. But they absolutely live this and the only thing i suggest you do is uh check resources 
Um, if they're not willing to give you other people they've helped, I, I personally would shy away from them. Um, there's even an, uh, big organizations that um, that even Blue Cross Blue Shield has recently approved that will help you with low co- uh, carb. Um, so there's all kind of resources out there. Let me continue on with a few more in my list. Um, Michelle Hearn, she is a registered dietitian, and I was not fond of registered dietitians. I actually hired one when I first became diabetic, and she was all into calorie counting. And that I had to get every possible nutrient that I could, and that's why I had to eat this so-called balanced diet. Now, that's a whole other show. So I had a bad taste in my mouth with dietitians because everything they told me did not work. Now, that was granted two decades ago. Read Michelle Hearn's book, The Dietitian's Dilemma, and you will just you'll read it again. Um, she laid out her dilemma with the things they were teaching registered dietitians because she was like, this just doesn't work, what we were taught. And she embraced uh, cutting out sugars and excessive carbohydrates, and she breaks down the science, what she went through herself personally. And this person is a marathon runner. So, I mean, I think you will find her book just uh, fascinating. That's uh, Michelle Hearn, The Dietitian's Dilemma. It was a great read for me. Um, you've also got Dr. Philip Ovadia. He is a cardiologist, and his book is Stay Off My Operating Table. And uh, he embraces um, metabolic health and low-carb eating, and he's probably one of the best I've ever seen at summing it up in terms you can understand. So um, that's Philip O V A D I A. Stay off my operating table. Uh, another one that I enjoyed and was a big healthy read for me um, was Jane Buxton B U X T O N. She's got a book out called The Great Plant-Based Con. And, you know, that may immediately make you think she's attacking vegetarians and vegans. I'm not going to say she's attacking them. I'm saying she's keeping them straight for some allegations they make that are just simply wrong. And she has the courage to confront them and dig into the science. So that's the great plant-based con by Jane Buxton. Uh, You've also got Dr. Sean Baker. Um, He has the book, The Carnivore Diet. And I gotta tell you, he's just like Philip Obadia. He is down to earth, easy to read and understand, keeps things in simple terms, but he's smart. He knows his history. Um, he knows the history of all this. He knows the history of Stephanison, uh living with the Inuit and how 
we as humans have eaten a carnivore diet for millions of years, and he does it himself. Uh, he is just a wealth of help. Uh, he, he's actually got some kind of world record as an athlete in rowing, and I got to tell you something else about him. He is freaking hilarious. I mean, it's just an enjoyable read. Uh, I also follow him on Twitter just to get a good daily laugh. So uh, that's Dr. Sean Baker. I highly encourage you to read him. He's it's a great read. Uh, then you've got Dr. Robert Lustig, and this guy is just unbelievable. He's an MD. Um, He wrote a book called Metabolical, and he gets deep into the science. He has been a get-rid-of-sugar advocate for years. Um, And as an MD, he had the courage, just like Gary Tobbs did as a scientific journalist, uh, to go against the grain and back it up with good science. So... Um, it, it's easy to read. It's a great book, Metabolical. Uh, I strongly suggest you look into that. That's uh, Dr. Robert Lustig. Um, we had somebody call in, and then they hung up, but uh, I didn't expect a lot of call-ins tonight. If you do want to call in, it's 563-999-3460. That's 563-999-3460. Three four six zero. I'm gonna go through a few more, and then we're gonna wrap it up unless somebody calls in. Um, also, I, I'm become very fond of a doctor who's known as the Diet Doctor, and that's Dr. Brett Sher. That's B R E T S C H E R, and he does a podcast, The Diet Doctor, and he has a lot of people and other doctors that do things with him uh, in his clinic and his show, but he is like the Johnny Carson. For those of you who don't know who Johnny Carson is, think of late night hosts and people that bring on guests, David Letterman or some of the newer ones now. Sorry, I'm old school. I went to bed with my parents watching Johnny Carson. Um for years, but he, I call Dr. Brett Shear the Johnny Carson of uh, nutrition health because he brings on so many experts and he asks such brilliant questions. He's not confrontational, but he's not scared to ask a question. And he also, on his YouTube channel, he will deep dive into some of these studies and so-called studies and tell you what he thinks and kind of pick them apart a little to go, well, now wait a minute, that wasn't causation. That was just merely a a medical opinion, hypothetically speaking, and things like that. So I think Dr. Brett Shear deserves a place in the list of titans and people that are a great resource for those of us that are metabolically challenged. the online world has been a great way for us to expand this wave of science that did not happen overnight. If you if you read Nina Teicholt's book and Gary Tom's, you're going to see 
Um, this way of thinking, low-carb diets were used before they even invented insulin uh, with uh, epileptic uh, seizures, with diabetics. It was the only thing they had. And then once we got insulin, we just kind of abandoned nutrition. And sure, we brought people's blood glucose down. That's what happened to me. But they also had too darn much insulin floating around in their bloodstream, and, and the the cure was to add more insulin. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's like um, using a bucket to empty an overflowing bathtub, and yeah, it brings the water level down, but you have to keep doing the bucket and keep emptying and bailing out instead of turning off the darn faucet. You know, find the root cause and find books that help you get to the bottom of the root cause. But be skeptical. Um, I used to hate Twitter. And I think the reason I hated Twitter so much was because, you know, I came from a newspaper publishing background, a journalist, so I was involved in politics all the time. And I just got so sick of politics on Twitter and the divide, but what I've done with low carb is I've just filtered out and weeded out all the political stuff. I, I don't even want to hear it now. I'm not telling you not to. If you like politics, knock yourself out. I still get my morning Wall Street Journal report, and then I'm done with it for the day. Uh, but that's just me. Some people want to be around it all the time. The point I'm trying to make is you can filter social media for things that help you and avoid the drama, but you have to filter it to do that. I use Twitter now as a resource to learn things from my low-carb friends. I am not going to get into fights with vegans and carnivores over what we're doing to each other. I'm not going there. You want to get in those fights, you go ahead. I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm on Twitter to learn from people that are trying to help other people by sharing their experiences. Um, I don't try to beat people over the head with what I know is working for me with decades of things that did not work that were the standards of care for diabetics that failed me and millions of others. Um, I try to help people by sharing experiences I had. And people that ask, they see that I've lost weight. They go, wow, wow what are you doing? You know, and, and uh, how are you doing that? And those are the people, that's my way of giving back. Uh, I'm not going to beat people over the head with a low-carb hammer. Um, but I will try to help anyone, and I will always encourage them to treat their health care provider as a partner in their health, to learn how to ask the questions they need to ask, uh, and to get them answered with respect because they should be treated with respect. And you don't have to. You are. You don't have to become a a, a cellmate inside your doctor's office. You're not a prisoner. Um, Y'all are supposed to be partners in your health. So this is just a little bit of the resources I have. Um, 
the couple people that tried to call in and then hung up, I'm sorry if I didn't get to you in time. When I do the next one, maybe I'll uh, do a little better job of putting out on Twitter, Facebook, and other places how to call in and um, navigate this. Um, I'm fixing in the show. Remember, this uh, will be archived. You can give the link to other people. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Please remember, I am not a doctor. I'm a diabetic, just like many of y'all, and I share things that help me. Always work things out with your health care provider under their care. More and more of them understand that diabetes is indeed a metabolic condition. It's not a death sentence. It's not something that you have to suffer all the symptoms of for the rest of your life. Um, You can get on top of it. Uh, God bless you, and I hope you have a great weekend and happy Veterans Day to all.